You are Locked On Bills, your daily Buffalo Bills podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Bills Mafia? It's Joe Marino from the Draft Network, and I'm your host of Locked On Bills. Happy Wednesday to you. Yesterday, General Manager Brandon Bean met with the media for his pre-draft press conference. And guys, you're not going to believe what he said. He said that he's comfortable trading up if there's a player he wants to go get. He said he's comfortable picking a player at 30, and he's comfortable moving back. I mean, just when you thought every option wasn't on the table, Brandon Bean comes out and gives you a nugget like that. I hope you know that that was tongue-in-cheek. He did say that. But what I want to do today on the podcast is try to read between the lines a little bit. I have 13 talking points that I want to get into after listening to Brandon Bean's press conference on Tuesday afternoon and try to find the meaningful information that he shared. You got to weed through quite a bit, right? There's a lot of just high-level talking points that it's easy to regurgitate information that you say about every draft if you're a general manager. But what did Brandon Bean say that was meaningful on Tuesday afternoon? That's our objective today. So I have 13 takeaways from his media session. The first one is regarding the fifth-year options for Josh Allen and Tremaine Edmonds. Both of those decisions have to be made after the draft, and Brandon Bean said that they will wait until after the draft to make those decisions. But he did say something pretty telling, and that was that it's not an ideal situation to pick up the fifth-year option for both Josh Allen and Tremaine Edmonds and not extend them because if they just pick up the fifth-year option – that cap number of around $35 million is not flexible. So if you pick up that fifth-year option, it is a fully guaranteed amount of money that there's no wiggle room. If you sign them to a contract extension, you can structure the contract in such a way that it's not a hard $35 million. You could spread it out. You can get creative. You can do what you need to do to help Make sure that you can keep all the players that you want to keep. So we've talked about the fifth-year options several times on this podcast, but not once have I considered that piece of the conversation that if they pick up the fifth-year option on both guys, it is a hard $35 million in cap space committed to those two players. So don't be alarmed if they don't pick up the fifth-year option, particularly when it comes to Tremaine Edmonds, because they want that flexibility. Now, it doesn't mean that Tremaine Edmonds isn't part of the long-term future of the team, and it doesn't mean that the Bills put Tremaine Edmonds on notice, but it's just smart cap and roster management to not pick up the option on both of them because you can't have that hard $35 million cap figure committed to them. Next, Brandon Bean said he met with the medical team on Monday and the medical information is nowhere near what it usually is. He mentioned that 140 prospects were in Indianapolis for the medical check 
And he said a lot of those guys left town without even having x-rays done. What did I take away from this? I don't think the Bills are going to be too interested in picking players that have injury risk. Guys like Caleb Farley. Guys like Jalen Phillips. Just don't think they're going to be in play for the Bills. Brandon Bean did not make it seem like he had a lot of comfort in the medical information available to him. And because of that, I don't think the Bills are going to take any risks when it comes to guys with injury histories. The next thing, Brandon Bean said that the team is thinking long-term more than short-term with the 30th pick. So we've had a lot of conversations recently about immediate impact from rookies and the path to playing time right away and how that should factor into the decision-making of Brandon Bean as he's navigating this draft. Yesterday's podcast with Bruce Nolan, that was a heavy part of our conversation. And Bean definitely didn't sit there and say, yeah, we got to get a guy that can help us today, that can make an impact in 2021. They're playing the long game. So while they may not take a risk on injury, they may take somebody who's not fully developed and bet on traits that they can incubate for a year and unleash in 2022. So if you are married to the idea that the Buffalo Bills have to come away with a player at 30 that can make an immediate impact and you know make an impact this year, Brandon Bean's messaging suggests otherwise. The next thing, Brandon Bean on the challenges of day two draft decisions, he said those are still premium picks. It's very important for us to hit on those. You don't want to take crazy risks in those rounds. You'd probably do that later. I thought this was pretty interesting because I'm not sure that his history really backs this up. Dawson Knox was definitely a swing in the third round. Cody Ford was a swing, especially when you consider he traded up for him, and that was in the second round. So it's not like he's got this long, extensive history of picking high four players in the second and third rounds on day two. I think he has taken some aggressive swings on players that weren't anywhere near their potential. Maybe he's learned from that, and we've seen that from Brandon Bean. We saw him build a roster in 2017 with towering wide receivers and Andre Holmes and Calvin Benjamin, carried that into 2018, and he learned that being able to separate and run routes is much more important than having size. And we've seen a fundamental shift in the way he's crafted the wide receiver room. You saw him fail to build a sufficient offensive line with adequate depth in 2018, and he's corrected from that mistake in 2019, 2020, and again entering 2021. So Brandon Bean has learned from mistakes. So I I don't know that it's completely fair of me to say that his history doesn't suggest that he won't take risks on players on day two, but... Maybe this is an example of something he's learned because, look, his first-round picks, he's taken some swings. Josh Allen, big swing. Tremaine Edmonds, big swing. Even Ed Oliver, an undersized three technique 
from Houston. I mean, he's taking swings. So it's it's interesting when you kind of weigh his actions against this statement, but also try to be mindful of how he's learned and evolved in other areas of running the team, and maybe this is just the next example. The next thing I want to mention is he said when evaluating prospects and determining who he's going to pick, one question that he asks himself is, what is going to cause a player to fail? And I'm not sure that there's a whole lot to read into that statement, and it's going to give us clues about what the Bills are going to do next week. But as somebody who evaluates prospects, and I'm always learning about player evaluation and uh, trying to improve the way I do things, and I'm always trying to learn, I thought that was an interesting way to look at it. What is going to cause a player to fail? What don't they have? What's going to be the stumbling block for them to have success? And there's a big part of me as an evaluator that likes to focus on what a player can do and how they can succeed and what they bring to the table and how they can be used to help a football team and that's going to give them a successful career. And I think that's a big area. You should focus a lot of your attention on that. But at the same time, what are the disqualifiers? What is going to cause a player to fail? And I like the way he put it. It's easy to come up with weaknesses and and talk about what players can't do. But what are the critical factors that could be stumbling blocks for that prospect to find success in the NFL? What is going to cause a player to fail? So as somebody who evaluates talent, that was something that I think helped enhance my perspective and uh, improve the way I look at prospects and, you know, at the end of the day, hopefully make me a better evaluator. This episode is brought to you by 1010, a capsule collection of diamond rings that are responsibly sourced, limited edition designs at fair price points. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 creative styles of diamond rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today, rings sure to bring joy into her life. Using only diamonds responsibly sourced from Botswana, 10 female design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful ring, ideal for engagement, Mother's Day, or simply a beautiful conversation piece. They're the perfect way to bring light into her life. They're available now through Mother's Day only at BlueNile.com. Just search the words 10 by 10. This collection features high-quality, fine jewelry that will surprise and delight and fairly priced so you can give her something special and truly meaningful. If you're on the hunt for the perfect, unique ring she'll treasure forever, you're definitely going to want to check this out. They won't be around for long, so find them now by searching the words 10 by 10 only at BlueNile.com. Need to tell you guys about Built Bar. It's the best tasting protein bar on the planet. They have so many amazing flavors, and they're all covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew. It's like eating a candy bar, but they're good for you. Built Bar is great for anyone who is health conscious. Whether you want to lose weight, maintain weight, or just indulge in a delicious treat, you have to try Built Bars. They're low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, and great for anyone on the keto diet. You know I have a deal for you. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. Again, use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. All right, let's get back into this press conference from Brandon Bean and try to find some meaningful takeaways. I thought it was interesting when he talked about Josh Allen's pending contract extension. 
the impact that it will have on the roster and what veteran players with higher cap numbers he can still carry on the roster and how that will impact draft decisions. He talked about being smart with draft picks with that in mind. We've, we've been talking about this for two years now. The players that the Bills have hit on in the draft going back to 2017, they are a lot more expensive now. You've seen it. Trey White, Deion Dawkins, Matt Milano. There's more coming, right? I mean, who knows what's going to happen with guys like Taron Johnson, Ed Oliver, Tremaine Edmonds, Josh Allen. The amount of money the Bills are going to be paying these players moving forward compared to what they've been paying them is huge, right? Massive increases. And so not only does that make it difficult to keep them all, but it does force you to look at draft picks a little bit differently because they are you know, economic players that you can add to replenish that. You need to find another player just like Deion Dawkins and Matt Milano and Josh Allen at other positions that cost less to have those same types of values to balance out your roster. You can't pay every single player 10, 15, 20 million dollars a year. But the best value in sports, the best bargain you can have in sports is a good, meaningful player on a rookie deal. So Josh Allen's contract that's coming, the new contracts for White and Dawkins, Milano, that changes things. And the Bills have to be smart with picks and they have to hit on picks to replenish the roster. Brandon Bean sounds a lot more willing to move up later in the draft than in the first round. He was asked a lot about if he'd be willing to move up from pick 30. And of course he said he'd be willing to do it. And he specifically used the phrase multiple times that he doesn't want the players that he would want to pick at those picks to be cleaned out, right? He didn't want his board to get cleaned out. And so if it was starting to get cleaned out, and they didn't think a player that they thought was worth the pick would get there, that they would be willing to make a move up. But later in the conversation, he talked about moving up at different points in the draft by using late-round capital because you can't you can't go from 30 to 10 and give up a sixth-round pick. That doesn't get you from 30 to 10. But in the third round, if you're picking 90th, and there's a player that you really like and you're not sure he's going to get to you, you can offer a fifth or a sixth and move up 10, 12 spots and make sure you go get your guy. He talked about the need to have cheap labor. He mentioned that. He even used the words cheap labor. And the further down the order you get, the more difficult it is to find meaningful talent. Yeah, there's hits every year. There's Matt Milano's and Kyle Williams-type players that happen all the time, but it's pretty rare. Go back and study the sixth and seventh round of drafts and the fifth round of drafts. You're not going to see a ton of hits. You have to be mindful of that. You can't be that confident in your ability to draft and that arrogant that you think you're always going to hit on fifth, sixth, and seventh round picks. Use them to get higher up in the fourth round, in the third round. But be mindful, if you make an aggressive move up into the 
20s or late teens, you're giving up second-round pick, third-round pick. You're giving up important assets that you have that you need to make sure that you have that cheap labor to fill out your roster. The Bills aren't a team that subscribes to the Stars and Scrubs philosophy like the Rams, right? The Los Angeles Rams believe in this theory of there's only five players on every roster that matter, and the rest can just be filled in. And you can see that in the way that they built their roster. They gave up all their draft picks to get Jalen Ramsey. They're paying Aaron Donald mega money. They are paying Matthew Stafford and gave up lots of first-round picks to get him. They're paying a couple of receivers, but for the most part, the rest of their roster is just filling in with guys, just random guys. The Bills aren't a team that believe in that. And so because you want to have a deep and talented roster throughout, you can't just be giving away picks. You can't just say, well, we have to get this player in the first round, so let's give up our second and third round pick to move from 30 to 18 to make sure we get this one player. Because that's going to cost you potentially two more good players. And I love that Brandon Bean subscribes to that philosophy of building a roster. So when I listened to him talk about this, it made me believe that if the Bills do move up, it won't be in the first round. But I do think that there's a good chance that they move up maybe in the second round, probably in the third, maybe packaging some of those late day three picks to get up into day three to make sure that they get players that can actually make the team, fill a role, give them cheap labor, and replenish some of what they are inevitably going to have to lose as they continue paying draft picks that they hit on. The next thing that I want to mention is that Brandon Bean uh, was asked about draft picks and using them specifically to help the team beat the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes. And he responded to this question pretty thoroughly, more, more information than I thought he would give. He said that you have to build and acquire as many defensive weapons as you can. He said in the secondary, you need speed at linebacker. And then he said, obviously, the front. And he mentioned, of course, what Tampa Bay's front did against Kansas City in the Super Bowl and how that affected Patrick Mahomes and his process and ultimately allowed them to win the game. So not that there's anything revolutionary there. Speed at linebacker, dynamic players in the front seven, and a good secondary. But it f- gives us the opportunity to ask the question, right? Do, do they have those things? Do they have enough in the secondary? They don't at cornerback, not even close. We've been through this. Tredavious White and Dane Jackson, the only two cornerbacks on this team, signed beyond this season. And Levi Wallace is certainly upgradable. Taron Johnson got benched last year. Like, they need to find some answers in the secondary. Speed at linebacker, well, they they have that in Edmonds and Milano, but do they need more speed? Do they need another player that can get on the field and sub and make sure that you have range? Do you need more speed and base? So if they force your hand and go 12 personnel... And 12 personnel means Kelsey's on the field, Tyreek Hill's on the field, and Nicole Hardman's on the field, and you're in base. Can you match up? Did they do enough with their front to take it to the level of where Tampa Bay's at? 
to really impact Patrick Mahomes? I have questions about that. And so it leads me to believe that we, we're going to see a defensive-heavy draft here because I'm not sure that the answers that Brandon Bean's looking for are fully in place on the roster. It also led me to believe that Jeremiah Wusu-Koromoa from Notre Dame is a player that the Bills would probably like to have to help counter what the Chiefs have and you know some of the other offenses that are being developed throughout the AFC. Do you have the stuff on defense to match up? It's a fair question to ask, and I'm sure Brandon Bean's already asked himself that question, and he's looking at this draft to find some of those answers. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, MLB, and NHL seasons are in full swing. Bet online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV, and they have real-time updated odds and props on almost anything that you can imagine. Bet online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds, and it's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit when you use our promo code locked on. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. The Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 presented by Locked On and Odyssey is happening now. Featuring analysis from NFL experts Michael Irvin and Brian Baldinger, our local experts for every team making trades and picking the next stars for their team. Search the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 on the new Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. Odyssey is your home for all the sports, podcasts, music, and news that matter to you. That's A-U-D-A-C-Y. All right, we got five more talking points to get into. The next one, Brandon Bean said that this defensive line class doesn't have top-tier talents like we've seen recently, but he likes the depth overall, and he thinks the players should start coming off the board in the late first round. And that was specifically at defensive tackle, interior defensive line. So, look, I mean, not that there's anything revolutionary there. I think we we all know that this isn't a great defensive tackle class. There's no Quinn and Williams or Ed Oliver or Jeffrey Simmons or Christian Wilkins-type prospects this year, but they're still good players. And I still recognize interior defensive line as a need for this team. I'm optimistic for Ed Oliver, but, I mean, Star Latoule is coming back from a year off. Vernon Butler was not an answer last year. Harrison Phillips, like, what are we really counting on from him? And who else is there? There's questions here, guys. So I don't know that the Bills are going to find a surefire answer in the draft this year that's going to make a difference this year. But if you think about Brandon Bean and what he said about playing the long game and being mindful of long term, you know, you could certainly see this as an option. And he said, he said it. He thinks that the value is towards the end of the first round. Well, the Bills are picking 30. I'd be surprised if a defensive lineman was the Bills pick at 30, interior defensive line. But if Christian Barmore was there, maybe. You know they like Iowa players. Well, they've got a defensive tackle prospect this year in Davion Nixon. Don't think he's in play at 30, but maybe in the second or third round. I think we have to start thinking more about interior defensive line as a position for this team, whether they find a veteran 
that's left on the free agent market that's going to come in and play 30, 40% of the snaps, or they try to find an answer in the draft. The next thing, Brandon Bean on defensive end evaluations. He said, look at physical traits, identify things they feel coaches can improve like counter moves and such. What do I take away from this? Maybe Jason Oway from Penn State is a player that they like because Brandon Bean didn't say look at the production. He said look at physical traits. Figure out what things they can improve on with coaching. I wonder if Jason Oway is on the board at 30 if he's the pick. I wouldn't be surprised. Bean on the possibility of trading down, he said, I can tell you this, if there's a good player there, we're not trading down. Translation, the Bills aren't trading down. Because then what do you do? He's already said, if there's a good player there, we're not trading down. So you trade down and you pick some other player. That's a signal that you didn't get a good player. I don't know. I think that was a pretty strong message that the Bills are going to sit there and pick at 30. Maybe I'm wrong. And that's the truth with all of this is that you don't know if he's lying, if he's telling the truth, if he's just trying to put information off there to throw off the scent. You have no idea, which leads us to the next point. And he said a lot about running backs because he was asked about running backs. And here's what he said. Brandon Bean said, if a running back is the best player on the board at pick 30, the Bills will not hesitate to take that player. He said the Bills are comfortable with the backs they have and that he's not going into this draft saying we've got to find a back. He said drafting running backs in the third round the past two years will not stop him from picking one in the first round this year if that player is the top player on their board when the Bills pick. And he mentioned that if they pick the running back, it would need to be a player that brings something different from what they already have in Devin Singletary and Zach Moss, specifically mentioning the ability to hit the home run. So, again, if he's telling the truth, it sounds like Travis Etienne would be in play for the Bills at 30. I don't know. I don't know. It's tough to tell. He acknowledged it. He said that he wouldn't be afraid to do it. But if they did pick a back, it would need to be a player that brings something different to the table. We'll see. Smokescreen, no idea. Telling the truth, no idea. But that's what he said about the running back possibility at pick 30. The last thing was pretty fascinating. He talked about the big nickel, the Buffalo nickel position that's been such a big topic amongst the uh, the Bills media and content creators This is what he said about the big nickel. He said, we don't have a column that says big nickel. He said it's part of the defense, but a lot was put into that last year, more than reality than the team actually looking for what he described as a unicorn to play big nickel. He said it's not something they have to have for this defense. Not sure if that's the truth or not, but that's what he said about the big nickel position and – you know, he, he went on to say that they're either linebackers or they're corners or they're safeties. They're, there's no position big nickel. He said, we don't we don't have six big nickels and try to figure out which one we want to keep like we do defensive end or something like that. So while we sit here and talk about it, and I think that there is 
something to be said for them having a versatile sub-package defender. You know, maybe it has been an overstated conversation. So there you have it. Those are my most notable takeaways from listening to Brandon Bean's press conference on Tuesday afternoon. Now you got to sort through whether or not I had the right takeaways from from listening to Bean. This stuff is always challenging this time of year, but it is fun, and folks, we're getting real close to this draft. It's next week. I can't wait. You guys know I love this. This is like the marriage and the intersection of, of the two things that I love, the draft and roster construction and the Buffalo Bills. So I am... I'm having a lot of fun. I hope that you are. Tomorrow is Herd Mentality on the podcast. Don't miss it. Make sure you're subscribed, rate, review, and share the podcast. And I look forward to catching up with you again tomorrow.